This episode of The Way Home Podcast is brought to you by the 2017 ERLC National Conference, August 24th through 26th in Nashville, Tennessee. This year's theme is Christ-Centered Parenting in a Complex World. You go to ERLC.com slash events for more information. We we can do whatever we want to try to shelter and keep our kids from... (laughs) The truth is, is they're going to be exposed to quite a bit. And what a great opportunity they could have, Lord willing, Mm -hmm. to affect generations beyond themselves. And that, that I think, is what we want. We take it to one generation to the next generation. Well, I'm glad to have my colleague and friend, Trillia Newbell, back on the podcast. Thanks for, for joining us. Thanks for having me. So Trillia, you, as everybody knows, you're a widely published author and speaker and work here as, what is your official title? <laughs> well, boss, I am the Director of Community Outreach. <laughs> yes. So the reason I have you on here is twofold. One is you have a new book coming out for kids. Yes. That we're going to talk about. And two, you're a featured speaker at our ERLC National Conference on Christ-centered parenting in August. So I'm excited about that. We want to talk about talking to your kids about difficult issues, okay. cultural issues, which it seems like right now, you know, I have kids, you have kids, like there's so many different confusing and difficult topics swirling around in the culture that, you know, parents are saying, man, how do I discuss this with my children? And right. so... I uh, first want to talk about your book. Can you explain your book coming out for children? Sure. It's a hardback book for ages three to six. And I'm so excited about it. It's called God's Very Good Idea with the Good Book Company. And the book is really a beautiful picture of God who's created all of us in his image. Mm-hmm. Yet we broke it with our sin and the redemption that we find in Jesus Christ and how Jesus restores our relationships and that we can love one another that which which was what once broken but but of course we we won't see the full reality of it until we are in the new heaven and new earth but it's really a i guess a a look at the whole of scripture from Genesis to Revelation, uh, yes. and it's uh, about the redemption story, and and our and talking about God's, the image of God, right? Like talking about in yes. terms of how we see ourselves, and so it. I don't dive deep into the image of God, the theology of the image of God. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's also because it's for it's for kids. It's yeah. for kids, but I do I do talk about that, and I talk about how God has created us not only to reflect Him mm-hmm. in His character, which is amazing, but he's also created us unique. We've, we are all different. So mm-hmm. there, um, there's lines where I talk about we have curly hair and straight hair. and mm-hmm. Or some, no hair. Or no hair. Or losing your hair. Yes. <laughs> You're losing your hair. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then we have images of children who are playing, children with dark skin and light mm-hmm. skin, children who are in wheelchairs. Mm-hmm. So we have, we try to, I try to touch on all the various um, aspects of God's creation and how we are made, yes, in His image, equally, but also unique and different. And, and, div- and the diversity is really a, a it's good thing. It's a good thing. thing. Yeah, it's a good something, thing, that, something that we can celebrate yeah. because it's God's very good idea. You know, this, uh, that's an issue that I think it, for parents like is hard to talk about, talking about race and talking yeah. about diversity. And it seems like the easiest 
thing for parents to just not talk about it and just kind of assume kids will just kind of learn on their own, which which I think you would say is the wrong approach, right? We need to be proactive in talking to our kids about race, talking about, you know, racism, talking about what, you know, historically minorities have endured in our country. How would you encourage parents to kind of have these discussions besides obviously getting your book and using that as a <laughs> basis. Nice for plug. It. I like yes. that. Yes. I I believe the dinner table is an excellent mm. place to have these discussions. The truth is the kids are going to be, they're going to notice that someone, somebody is different than my, me. They mm-hmm. have curly hair. They have blonde hair. Their skin is a little darker. They have freckles. They're going to notice these differences anyways. And once they start, um, really developing language, they're going to start saying things. Mommy, why is so-and-so blah, 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 et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, my son, who um, I am in an interracial marriage, and my son, who looks, he looks white. He could mm-hmm. he could very well pass as not being um, a biracial child. And I remember some of his friends would, would look at him and then look at his mommy and say, they're trying to figure it out. You could just see it in their eyes. Mm. And so talking about this, I think um, just like talking about in all other topics isn't only important, but we want to get ahead of what our kids are going to experience in school or if they're not in school, um, what they're experiencing in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think I think it's important just one that we're ahead, that we're that we're the ones who are teaching them. Mm-hmm. Another thing is, is I think we can um, encourage them to delight and enjoy our our differences, which oftentimes we talk about the issues. So we start with racism. Often, okay, so this is this is the damage that has has been done by our sin and also our nation and how we've d- been divided. We definitely want to teach that history, um, but I think it's really good if we start with a biblical foundation that God has the creator, and God has created the nations, and this is good, and he has created us uniquely different, and we can rejoice in that, and we can learn from one another so that kids, they aren't looking at race and immediately associating it with something negative, Right. (laughs) but that we start out with, oh, that God is good, and he has... He has created this, and every tribe, tongue, and nation will be worshiping together. Jesus died on the cross bearing the wrath that we deserve for every tribe, tongue, and nation so that we we start with this, the beauty of it, mm-hmm. which I really believe the parents and us adults need to get captured. We need to have be captivated and captured by this beauty first. Mm. I think that's where the problem lies, and then we can go and teach our children. How important do you think it is for for us also with our kids to have them know and meet and be around people who are different than them. You know, I mean, I think it's so easy for us to be kind of in our bubble, in our bubbles, right? So, I mean, we, you know, <laughs> when I talk to our kids, particularly particularly if there's something in the news, you yeah. know, like a a story, like a, a police shooting or right. just some something of racial tension, we try to talk to our kids and say, you know, as, as white People in the majority culture, we don't fully understand what it is like for our minority brothers and sisters and what they're going through. And try to help them empathize and kind of put yourself in their shoes if you can or listen to those people. But what are some ways that you would encourage parents to do that, you know, if, you know, to to get to know people of of different who are different than them? Yeah. So exposing their kids to those 
you know, those things. There are a number of things you can do from, we can make it as simple as going to different festivals and mm-hmm. cultural events. And when a museum puts on a a display, go and ex- go, mm-hmm. go to it, go to these events. But I really think what would make the most impact is to have someone in your home. So if, if your kids have a class and they, they are um, involved with uh, or, or getting to know these various students, it would be really great if you got to know the parents and mm. brought them into your home, invited them to your dinner table. Um, or if if there's someone in your neighborhood that you can invite into your home, I really do believe that the most impact is proximity. Mm. So if they can see that this is something that is um, important to mom and dad and not just something that we talk about, mm-hmm. but we're actually we're going out and loving our neighbor by engaging with our neighbor, mm-hmm. I think that's essential and important. So that would be one of the things that I would encourage parents to do. If, if this is something that you believe wholeheartedly in, Invite your neighbors into your home, um, expose them to different cultural events. And if you're listening in Nashville, take them to the Nashville Library. Absolutely. That's pretty easy. Go to the Civil Rights Room and and show them, teach them, expose them to to the history. Um, But I I think the most impact is actually to know a person, Mm. someone who has flesh, that will have the greatest impact, I think, on our children. You know, my daughter really cares about this issue because from an early age, she started reading some things about civil rights and it was really just kind of her heart was angry. really impacted and, and she was angry yes. about it. And, <laughs> and, uh, and I th- thought that was really good. And so a few weeks ago at church, we had a joint service with a, a black church, which was really cool. And there's this lady who's lived in Mount Juliet. Tennessee, you know, for decades. Mm-hmm. And we sat and talked with her and my daughter got to ask her questions. And she talked about how, you know, when the schools were uh, integrated integrated, and how she would get on a bus and have to go to these schools and they'd be, th- people would be throwing rocks at yeah. the buses and hurling and like all this stuff that she had to go through during the civil rights era. And, you know, her, her one of her sisters was one of the original People who did the lunch sit-ins here mm. in Nashville, and, yeah. and that was really good for us to just hear firsthand what it was like to live through that. I mean, I that, that was so invaluable. Yeah. So things like that seem to be good opportunities. If if there's if there absolutely, is. she will remember yeah. that. It will have an impact that is lasting yeah. because she saw a person. It's not just something she reads in a history book, right? Um, but she got to, she had an opportunity to actually speak with someone. Mm-hmm. Now. Everyone listening won't necessarily have that opportunity to speak with someone who was physically involved in integrating mm-hmm. schools and right. had such a cultural change. But talking to anyone, um, I think, is in- important because, again, proximity helps for, for us to grow in empathy mm-hmm. and love for our neighbor. We really, it's hard to love at the abstract, but to love a physical person. Mm-hmm. Um, is different. Well, if you're a parent like me, you know that your kids are asking pretty difficult questions. Questions about race, questions about gender, questions about sexuality. As parents, how do we answer those questions? Well, the ERLC is hosting a conference this August on Christ-centered parenting in a complex world. We're going to have a variety of voices and experts to speak. Russell Moore 
Sally Lloyd-Jones, Jim Daly, Jen Wilkin, Crawford Loritz, Phil Vischer, Nancy Guthrie, Danny Aiken, Lauren Chandler, Eric Mason, and many more. So we invite you to come join us in Nashville on August 24th to 26th. And if you use a coupon code, WAYHOME, you'll get a 20% discount. So go to ERLC.com slash events and get signed up for the 2017 ERLC National Conference, Christ-Centered Parenting in a Complex World. Let me ask you this too, as you're, you know, a lot of people that will be coming to our conference and, you know, will be listening to you speak and others speak about, you know, how to talk to your kids about difficult issues, not just race, but gender and sexuality and life issues and human dignity issues and all, all these things are technology. And, you know, parents, I think a lot of times are intimidated, you know, I know I am at times and you sure. probably feel that way too at times, yeah. like, you know, how do we handle the situation or how do we talk about these things? Uh, what, what advice can you give to parents? And then I, I think also on a deeper level, leaders in the church, you know, student pastors and pastors, as they're trying to advise and equip parents to to have these conversations with their kids. Well, I would just say you are God's gift to them. You are equipped more than you probably would know to serve them because you're the people who God has given to steward their little hearts and minds. And so I am absolutely right there with every parent who says, what do I do about this? What do I do? So the first thing I'd say it would be to pray. Mm. Ask God to give you wisdom and grace to speak into these topics. And um, two, I would say you can ask other people and involve them in your your life and ask for advice. You can ask. Now, every child is different, so you've got to know that. One of my children asks a hundred questions about a hundred different things, and the other one just isn't as curious quite yet. So we have opportunity to share loads more with this one child, and we know that eventually the other one will have that interest. So we we kind of we treat each child as individuals, as people mm-hmm. made in the image of God. And so so I would um, also recognize that. So pray, seek advice, recognize that each child is different. And then one of the things that um, I have been, I was maybe a little surprised by is how much my 11-year-old and at the time nine was so aware of the election. Mm. His kid, all the all this kids were talking about it. Yeah. So we had to be one step ahead of little nine-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. So I would encourage parents to, to be proactive rather than reactive, to yes. go ahead and be talking about it. Go ahead and be thinking about these things, these issues, topics that are affecting society because they are going to be exposed to it. Well, and their minds are going to be formed from somebody and something, right? So right. it's better that it's us yeah. with a scriptural point of view than other influences in the culture or other friends that may not be, you know, have as wise of a perspective, right? A- absolutely. It's important that we are, we're the ones speaking into their lives and that they know they can come to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only thing that I would caution against is being shocked 
about sin. Mm. <laughs> so shocked by what's going on or shocked. So when that we find out that our kids are struggle with sin or struggle well, with Well, when they struggle with sin, but also in our culture. So we're talking about how we teach our kids about culture. Oh, I see. Yeah. So we don't want we want to guard against raising self-righteous little Pharisees <laughs> so that they can also engage culture with um, grace and mm-hmm. the gospel. That's what the culture needs. And so as we're communicating, that would be my only caution. It could be we we might in our own hearts have to battle against our own self-righteousness and our own pride and our own mm-hmm. arrogance. But as we're battling, we just want to make sure that um, we don't set our kids up so that they are um, shocked by sin because yeah. we're we're sinners, and it's amazing how we can be like that, like shocked at the brokenness of a fallen world. Like, yeah. this is this is a fallen world. This is the world is broken, and every generation has new and creative ways to display that brokenness. Right, but right. if you don't have, yeah, that's why I think it's so important, as you you're saying, and you're doing in your book of like starting with a biblical storyline. Yes. Because if you don't have that, you will be you will be shocked by sin, you'll be shocked by things. But if you understand, you know, that you know, total depravity, you understand original sin, this is what this is what the Bible says about the world. I mean, that kind of foundation really gives our kids a way to think through what will happen in their generation. Absolutely. And I'm glad that you brought out what will happen in their generation. Nothing new under the sun. We hear that it's quoted so much, but it is so true that that we are building a foundation so that they can impact their mm-hmm. generation and then the next generation and the generation yeah. after that. It's it is not something that we we can do whatever we want to try to shelter and keep our kids from. Yeah. <laughs> the truth is, is they're going to be exposed to quite a bit and what a great opportunity they could have, Lord willing. Mm-hmm to affect generations beyond themselves. And that, that I think, is what we want. to We take it to one generation to the next generation. That's why it seems theology matters so much, right? Because if we just rely on kind of cliches or kind right. of, you know, being conservative or being progressive wherever people fall and kind of that tribe or whatever, it doesn't seem like we'll have the answers that our kids will need for engaging what they'll face in their generation. Amen. Absolutely. We tribalism and trying to um yes, theology matters, the Bible matters, God matters, and that's where we want to yeah. that's that's where we want to go when we're trying to engage the culture yeah. and um and people matter. And so God Jesus tells us to um love our neighbor as ourselves. And so if if we're, while we're engaging and thinking through these topics, we've got to remember that these topics, um, these these issues are people. They're not just issues. And so I think when we remember that, um, what a greater impact that will have. Well, this has been a good conversation and I really want to encourage people to get your book. So it'll be out in September 1st. September, but I think if people come to the conference, yes. it'll be available. Yes. So we'll have a link to it. So people can order it or pre-order it and encourage people to register for the ERLC National Conference yes. where you're speaking. They come meet you and ask you all those hard questions that they don't know how to answer, right? <laughs> um, but come and here. I can point them to someone else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come here to Nashville. Uh, join us as we uh, try to equip the next generation uh, with the gospel. But thanks for joining us today, Truly. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to The Way Home Podcast. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please let us know by writing a review on iTunes. You can catch previous episodes on danieldarling.com. The Way Home is produced by Gary Lancaster and scheduling by Marie Delph. The Way Home is a production of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. As a reminder, you can go to our website, erlc.com events, and register for the August conference on Christ-centered parenting. Use the coupon code WAYHOME to get a 20% discount.